0: So that happened, and then um, I had, like, an alumni event for my college. Um, well, it, it was a golf tournament, so it's not like... Just to <laughs> so be honest, like, you went golfing in the middle of the work week. I, yeah, I went Let's golfing. call it what it is. One characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. It was grit.
1: What's up? What's going on? I noticed we actually start every episode like that, I think. The exact same. Kind of by accident.
0: Should we say our names, since... That's like the number one feedback we get on the podcast. Yes, that people don't know who's talking because apparently we sound the same. Yeah, I
1: didn't I like, I didn't realize that, but apparently our voices are very indistinguishable via podcast. So this is Kyle speaking,
0: and I am Landon,
1: and we will try to awkwardly incorporate each other's names into our recordings (laughs) going forward. But shout out to those who gave that feedback, um, and anyone else who's listening. Thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, do we want to go into a quick update on? what we've been doing this week? Yeah. So of, of note on the podcast, we got
1: boom arms for our microphones, which is very exciting. Uh, we had the desktop stands and I found my posture was suffering. So we splurged for the $12 boom <laughs> arms on Amazon. So far, so good. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, these are awesome.
1: But in real life, in business world, um, this week, Spent most of the week working on the big feature that I mentioned before for user feed that we've been working on. Uh, cranking away on that, we've got kind of the V1 that we scoped out shipped um, behind a feature flag. And just been doing a lot of minor tweaks and touch-ups and testing and stuff like that. So that's been most of my week. And then, you know, this, the typical support conversations, which have, been, have ranged from uh, different sort of ways people are trying to incorporate user feed into their research and feedback flows, which is always cool to hear. And so I'm excited to keep, keep those communication lines open with some of our customers to help them figure out cool ways to, to tie in user feed and intercom data.
0: Nice. Cool. Well, um, I feel like I had another week where it's kind of hard to, f- to remember exactly what you did. But most of what I've been doing lately has just been uh, dealing with a lot of these leads, uh, dealing with trials, handling a lot of support, so it's been like heavy on that side of things since especially since we've been doing some advertising, getting a lot more leads on the ad reform side. So then just just trying to handle those and um uh, we got a new customer. So brought on a new customer for ad reform and upgraded a current customer. So good week on that side of the business. Yay. Yay. But it was kind of an unproductive week, I feel like. I had one day where so my my wife just started a new job. She works for Twilio uh, on the sales side. And um, she's been doing a lot of traveling because, you know, they have, like, training and different things. And she manages the East Coast for, like, on the sales side. So she's been trying to meet all her reps in, like, New York and different places. So she she had to go out of town. And then um, our nanny got sick and was out for a day, which happens when you have... nanny and then it's not daycare so uh basically just fell on me (laughs) to sort of handle that so um it was kind of last minute so basically one day was kind of just completely lost i tried to get some work done while she was taking her naps and stuff but you know it is what it is never really works that well yeah so you get like a couple hours here a couple hours there and it's just kind of a it you can't really get in the zone so so that happened and then um i had like an alumni event for my college um well it, it was a golf tournament so it's not like <laughs> yeah it sounded a lot more uh fancy pants than yeah uh, um just to so be honest like, you went golfing in the middle of the work week I, yeah i went Let's golfing call it what it is so it was, it was a little bit of a uh unproductive week but the nice thing is when you you know run your own bootstrap company you can kind of just have a week like that every now and then where you can do that yeah you can do that so did you that, win no hell no no we i think we got close to last um so mm-hmm. that's not good
1: that's worse than just being last
0: and there was like 70 year olds playing against us so <laughs> um yeah it wasn't it wasn't good i did and i did not play well so that's my i play golf like twice a year just like most people like you play like, twice a year and like you're always bad i'm like you twice think you're gonna be good
1: every four years
0: yeah <laughs> uh so i won't bring you next time
1: yeah, if you want to win, you, I could have helped you get actual last. <laughs> so if you want to get a superlative of some kind, I could have been there for you. But. Nice.
0: Well, next time. So yeah, so pretty good, pretty good week on the new customer side um, or revenue side. And then um, a, little, a little bit slow on some different things. But uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for this new product update that we're about to do. And that is a big topic of conversation today. How to sort of, How we roll out features and different things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so since it's kind of top of mind, we were already talking through this week our plan for how you want to release this thing. So obviously that consists of in some cases getting people to test it out and eventually rolling it out to everyone, communicating it to all the different stakeholders. And so during talking through that, it was like we should we should talk about this on the podcast. Um because there's a lot of pieces of it and we it's not obviously not a perfect process, but we spend a lot of time We we've done it a lot, and we've spent some time thinking about it, and come up with a decent general framework for what we do. So, figured we we'd talk about that.
0: Why don't you start, Kyle? Sure, Landon. (laughs) Thanks.
1: Well, I guess first I would start by maybe saying what we've seen, or kind of on the customer side, like what have you experienced when you're a user of a product, and like what things resonate or or don't.
0: Yeah, I mean, typically, what I think most people experience is it's either one of two things. It's like either Nothing, like you don't. There's no message ever sent to you, and then you've been looking for some feature for like two months, and then you just come to realize that they've had that feature for like five months, and you're like, "What? Yep. <laughs> Nobody ever told me it was hard to find." That's one, and then the other one would be just sending a mass email to to everybody, letting them know about a new feature, something like that. So that's what I typically see, but obviously you see things all over the board, like in app messages like a maybe like a a changelog widget or something that you have to dig in Twitter into Twitter yeah blog post that's the tr- that's the struggle with this whole feature rollout thing is there's so many products that people use so much noise that it's like how do you make sure that everyone heard that you have a new feature and like why it's important and everything
1: without just becoming more noise right i think that's that's also part of it is not just you know blast every channel you have to get at people and make sure they saw it but also do so in a thoughtful way that reduces the noise per user, i guess a new metric I just made up while like guaranteeing the high a high probability of viewed viewedness um so it's something we think about a lot, and yeah, we're always tweaking it like each rollout depending on the size of the feature will vary how we do it but um I guess we can start by just going through well, I guess I would say on the what I've seen as a customer, sometimes I feel like. Not anxiety is maybe too strong of a word, but when I get an email from a product I use and like, when I see like some sort of roundup, I I start to get scared that I'm going to miss out on something that I've asked about or that I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. And I don't love that feeling. It's like FOMO for like product updates. Right. Um,
0: and people barely ever like, I feel like we, you know, one of our products is very much feedback related. So we try to, we try to give feedback to other like it, I know you do and I, I do too, like any other product we're using, we'll like go over the top and give them feedback on different things. And very rarely does anybody ever follow up with us directly to like, let us know of this thing that went live that we gave them feedback on, which is pretty, um, I feel like pretty annoying that they don't do that. Yeah.
1: It's very rare. I mean, that's part of the reason why we, we built it and the, we built it the way we did. Um, But I would say too, it's, it's uh, it's one of those things, because that's how people have been trained, they're just used to that. There's still that fear, even if we think we're decent at following up on a more individualized basis, the people who are paying us, who are our customers, are so used to being left in the dark that unless we build that trust every single time and we keep those lines open, they'll kind of default to that FOMO, did I miss something, why haven't I heard anything uh, position. So or something to keep it, in mind.
0: Like or they feel, I guess... They could feel that it's like a time saver not to have to do that level of like oh I'm gonna remember all these people and reach out to them or whatever or they don't have a re- they don't have a good process for making sure that they keep track of the people that did request it and then like reaching out. I know at our last company we when we release a new feature like so Kyle is on uh, this is Landon by the way I'm gonna bring it up again <laughs> nailed it. Uh, um so Kyle was on the engineering side and I was on the sales side. But basically uh engineering would release a new feature, they would let everybody in the company internally know that we just released this new feature and like here's, you know, here's a demo, here's what it does. And then customer su- uh customer success and sales would then start digging through, you know, Salesforce and all their different systems, maybe their own notes or whatever, to try to remember like which one of their customers or prospects or whatever, like, you know, had requested that in the past or maybe didn't move forward because of that thing, Um, all these different scenarios. And then they're all separately going out, trying to like talk to those people. And when you do it that way, you're probably one going to like, stuff's going to fall through the cracks. You're going to miss people that requested things. You just can't remember, or you're going to like, more than one person's going to be reaching out to that person, letting them know. And that's, you know, overkill and annoying. Um, So it's just like process can be a problem with this as well. And so that's another reason why we started user feed, but um, yeah, it's, it's on
1: one, on there's one aspect that's unifying the, the people who care, like having a single source of truth for people who care. And then also a unified channel for communicating, whether that's, actually the same channel like email or message or whatever at least some some single place to go see like who got what um
0: or like a person because we and we have some customers now where they have like they have multiple teams they'll have a product team they have an engineering team they have a customer success team um but they'll have like one or two you know people that sort of handle that like bring it all together and communicating with the customers like a like a community person or like a customer experience person.
1: And, and I, we haven't really committed to this, but I think I've seen different templates and notion templates and stuff to kind of make it consistent to put your process in a checklist and Hey, new feature gets deployed. Click here to create the new process, the communication rollout checklist um, and just follow the steps. So it's something we're kind of in draft mode on, but so maybe we'll share that when the, when that, becomes a little more uh, stable Um, yeah
0: so kyle why don't you uh kind of kick it off and talk a little bit about how we how we do it internally like we're about to have this big feature release for uh public views spoiler spoiler um so what like what's our i mean we've been literally talking about like how we're going to roll this out and everything um and we sort of have a we have a process that we typically follow for this so maybe you can get started and talk about that
1: yeah so we are about to we are i already mentioned that we've shipped sort of the v1 of this big feature which is related to different views of your feedback data in user feed Um, partly for like convenience and partly for public sharing options so any customers who are listening are getting a sneak peek into what's coming next but um, which, which I guess with that in mind, if you, if you want early access, just chat us, uh, on our intercom. Um, but so this is a bigger feature and we already have deployed all of it to production behind a feature flag. The V1 is ready. We want to start getting some end end users testing it out. So who better to do that than the people who have requested it? Um, in this case, this is something that people have requested highly. So there's a g- good group of alpha testing candidates which we track in user feed um, so behind the scenes that's all intercom tag driven so what we do typically is we'll reach out to that group of people which all live in a user feed post and we can easily just send them an intercom message and say hey this thing is an alpha or beta or however we phrase it and we would love for you guys to try it um, this is something you asked for and we're you know we're excited to get it to you so we'll turn it on for your account um, So, typically, we either automatically turn it on for all their accounts or we let them opt-in, depending on what it is. And the way that we manage feature flags, because we love intercom and we try to keep everything centralized, we also use intercom tags for that. So, it makes it really easy for either of us to um, turn on features for accounts. And so, we'll just add a certain tag to an intercom uh, company inside of intercom's UI. And then they'll have access to it. And our code just kind of wires up to that.
0: Which, this is Landon talking again. Uh, w- this feature is awesome. Or, like, doing it this way is pretty awesome. Because, like, in our last company, if engineering had built some, like, feature that was in beta. And, you know, we had on the, on the sales side or the customer success side who, obvi- you know, we're not technical, right? So being able to go in there and, like, f- just flip a tag on for a user or a, an organization in Intercom. It's just like an awesome kind of um, little, I don't know if it's a hack, (laughs) Little, little, uh, I mean, it's just like a a way for non-technical folks within the company to turn something on for a user, turn something off just based on a tag, which is super simple.
1: Yeah. So we had a similar, I mean, a lot of companies have similar systems in place, but we just basically chose to use Intercom as the front end UI so that anyone on our team can easily see and manage that. Um, so, so it's pretty cool. And so that's what we do first is kind of reach out to those who requested it, tell them that it's around, it's in testing mode and Hey, it's on for your account or Hey, let us know if you want to, to use it and we'll turn it on. One other thing kind of related to this that we've done on certain occasions is before we've even shipped any of the feature, but if it's something we're planning on doing, we can actually put like a, let's say a button in the UI that looks like it would do what the feature is going to do. But when they click the button, we basically just show a message that's like, hey, we're working on this. And behind the scenes, we, we link them to that post and user feed. And so then when the time comes, they'll be in the alpha group as well. And there are also people we can reach out to when we're working on it to make sure we understand the different use cases and needs. So we, maybe we should write a blog about that or something. I think we might, we might, cover, we might have covered that in one of our blogs. Um, I'll we link just- to some of our relevant blogs in the show notes. Um, It's going to be a lot of blogs. Yeah, there's a few out there that relate to this. So that's the alpha period. Um, The beta period is similar, um, but instead of just focusing on those who requested it, we just expand it to all users. So we typically handle that via a custom bot at Intercom and just say anyone who logs in gets a bot. Except for the people
0: we've already asked. Right.
1: All of these are kind of like exclusive of the previous audience. So alpha requesters get a message. Uh, all users get a custom bot and so we're slowly building up the audience that's testing out the feature and sort of beginning the process of communicating it
0: and the way that that bot works is the potential res- like paths or responses to the bot message are uh, linked to intercom tags and every post in user feed is is has its own custom intercom tag so that way we can be like, okay, if they want this new feature, it would, you know, maybe add it, add them to that post um, and, you know, feature flip via another intercom tag. So it's just all tag-based. Everything is tag-based.
1: Yeah. So in some cases we can actually fully automate the feature flag too because it's a tag. So we can even say click here to opt in and then they click the button on the bot and then voila, they have access to the feature just like that, which is pretty cool. Um... So that's the beta period. And then once we've done some of that, and depending on the size and scope of the feature, like this this phase may be really short. It may not happen at all, or maybe a little longer, um, just kind of depending on. So for this feature we're working on now, I foresee it being relatively short, a week or two, Mm -hmm. uh, assuming we don't hit any major snags. We've had others
0: that are like a lot longer because it's like, yeah, still (laughs) ongoing because it's, You know, there's just things that we have to get worked out, but yeah, most of them are relatively short, you know, like a week or something.
1: Yeah. And so once that's all done, we've worked out any bugs, we've understood some different use cases, we've put together more documentation and written up some some content around the feature, we'll actually go with uh go into the launch phase. So Lennon, you wanna step in?
0: Yeah, sure. So once we're ready to to launch we might do there's a couple of different like there's a bunch of different things that we may or may not do so um typically we'll always uh send like a either an in-app message or product tour um so depending on the feature size so if it if it's a rather large new feature like like this one that we're about to release is um we'll typically do like just kind of an, an in-app Intercom message Um, which may link to a product tour or may not, maybe it links to a blog article or something like that. Um, But something where anytime they jump into the app, they're going to get this message or the first time they jump in the app, they're going to get this message. So that's, um, that's one way that we would do it. The other way would be through like a product tour. So sometimes smaller features, um, maybe it's a little UI change, or like we added a little filter to, you know, this table or like, you know, things that aren't, huge features. We don't want to like bother everybody with it, but if you go to that, you know, go to that specific table, then obviously you're going to care about that f- new filter that's there. Um so we'll just pop up like when you go to that page, we'll pop up like a little um product tour, which is another Intercom product. And then we what we'll also do is we'll send um, you know, obviously not everybody's going to log in to the app every single day or even every week potentially. So for the people that um aren't logging into the app what we'll do is send an email to uh, all all users uh, excluding the people that we've already sent a message to um, send an email to all users uh, just letting them know you know that this this was launched and uh, where you can find it in the app how to use it but also I think a lot of people leave this out why it's important like why they should care about it Um, and typically that uh, entails you like adding some you know specific use cases that people might use this this new feature so that's an important thing is is adding that kind of like why you should care piece to it a lot of people don't do that it's just like you know it's very technical right it's like here's here's this new feature we have and like here's a link to go use it or here's how to set it up and it's like that doesn't i don't know what i can do with this thing like it's hard like not everybody can imagine the things that you might be able to imagine about your product so you need to be able to understand how people might use it and express that in how you communicate with them when you launch it.
1: Yeah, and I think the overarching theme here is we segment our, message, our messaging throughout this process so that we can, better, we can better target the people that we're talking to. So when we send an email to people who asked for it, for example, that email will read very differently than the email to people, everyone who didn't ask for it and hasn't logged in in a while. Mm-hmm. And that's very useful. Like getting, like you said, getting an email with directions on how to do something is actually pretty useful if I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, getting an email with a new idea of how I could use a product is very useful if I don't know what you're about to tell me. Um, but getting directions is not that useful for the wrong audience. So right. yeah, that segmenting is pretty key. And since we're driving all of this through intercom tags in user feed, it makes it pretty easy to just like segment those lists and send out targeted messages
0: yeah one thing i forgot to mention and probably most important is uh the people that actually requested it that feature or gave us feedback on that feature we always send an email to them um and it's somewhat similar to what we're going to send everybody else but there's a lot of like thank you for your feedback like really kind of like i mean it obviously we're trying to to show them how to use the product and and how to use the new feature but almost the most important piece of that is following up with them to let them know that you know thank you for your feedback and trying to hopefully encourage more feedback in the future so many people don't do that and maybe because it's hard to do that like it's hard to keep track of it and hard to like fault fo- you know i gotta get all these people's emails and then i'm gonna go send a bunch of different emails so what we uh this is all it's like it's kind of a main feature of user feed but uh, since we're capturing all the different intercom uh users or leads that have ever given you feedback on that specific post or feature request, whatever it may be, um, you can just click one button to go view those uh users within a intercom segment and then just click message and you can message all those people at once and say thank you and and all that jazz so um for every that's that's like the first message that we always send yeah is that one so um and we get really good feedback on it because you know they are current customers but they're also really excited that we like did this thing for them you know we did maybe it's not necessarily only for them but like it's something that we you know obviously we were paying attention to their feedback
1: yeah and i think making it clear that it's targeted to them so like mm-hmm. obviously we can we can customize the copy of a message that we know is going to people who requested it which is useful for us but it's also good to be explicit to them that this is for them like we are sending you person who requested this thing a message because we care about you person who requested this thing not just like oh that was a really good email that seemed like they were talking to me it's like no this is for you yep and i think that can help that retraining process of like we care about you and we're even if we're not going to do the thing you want or we don't always do it as fast as you want like we're going to follow up with you
0: right and you could even do things you know obviously if you're segmenting like that you know maybe it's uh I don't know maybe this new feature is like a paid feature or something and and you say since you were uh you know somebody that gave us a lot of feedback on this we'll give you like three months for free of this new feature you know this is exclusive only to the people that gave us feedback so it's like just finding ways to encourage just that open feedback channel as much as possible is is so important um because you you know just getting feedback once from somebody like I just see it so often. Like if if I go to, if I go and use a pro- product and I give feedback and the feedback process is just doesn't feel like they really care or they just don't follow up with me or like I'm just not going to leave feedback again. Like it's such a waste of time for me to, to do it if they're not going to care or follow up with me.
1: Yeah. And I think there are certain products that do a good enough job of solving the problem that they can get away with it. But like best case scenario, if your feedback ingestion and follow-up sucks like best case your customer will just stay a customer and stop giving you feedback that's like the best case scenario which is not a great scenario and more likely at some point they'll probably leave if they feel like it's kind of an empty an empty field and no one's listening
0: yeah yep absolutely so one of the challenges with all of this too is that you know obviously we've talked about a lot of different messages here and some of them are some some of them were excluding certain people that we already sent a message to, but there is there are going to there's going to be a segment that uh, we're going to send multiple messages to. Like it's just going to happen, um, because we just don't have the technology to do like if they receive this, then don't send this since it's all automated. Um, we've heard Intercom is maybe. tinkering on maybe tinkering on something that allows for this, um, but. As of right now, you're not you. You can't really do that. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody gets an email, uh, and then they go in the app and there's a little in-app product tour, I, you know, it is a little bit of over messaging, but it's not like the worst thing in the world for them to like. I mean, I I would honestly kind of like that, right? Like, I know that I I receive the information from them. I go in the app and I get a little product tour, so I even get like a little. It's almost like a little walkthrough of this new feature. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it would be nice if we could. You know, if they saw this message, don't send that message. Or yeah. if they saw that message, you know.
1: So it's 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 not too bad as long as the rest of your messaging strategy is not, is aware of that of that kind of gap because we aren't we don't send a lot of messages typically. Like this is what they're reserved for, and so we try to make the signal to noise pretty high, even though there's maybe some overlap in certain cases.
0: And I'd an almost rather I would rather somebody get two messages from us then them never see that we added that new feature like because it's happened so often to me that i just don't know that these these features exist and then like it's it's painful when you you know you've been feeling some pain and you need you needed a feature to do it uh this certain thing then come to realize they've had that feature for five months and you just it's hidden somewhere that you never like you just didn't know it was there like that's, that sucks.
1: It's interesting to think about the likelihood of a customer leaving because of a lack of feature or features versus leaving because they're annoyed by yeah. over messaging. Right. I would assume lack of features is more of a problem. So maybe you're willing to have a few extra messages sprinkled in here or there um, as long as they're thoughtful um, because it's probably more expensive for them not to know about the thing.
0: Right. And that's another thing too that we've talked about I know in another blog, so we'll add this one as well. but announcing uh product updates is like one of the best lead nurture strategies that you can have. I've just heard a lot of people talk about like well what are way like what what are some ways that we can still continuously like stay in touch with you know people that you know maybe previously tried out the product or uh, were previously interested, but for some reason they didn't move forward. Maybe it was wrong timing. Maybe they didn't have budget. Maybe you didn't have a feature. Like there's all these different things, and keeping them in the loop with how your product is improving over time is like one of the best ways to bring them back into the fold of like in- interest again. Um, I know we've had people that tried out the product, you know, a year ago and jumped back in, you know, a month ago and now they're a customer. And it's, Likely because they were, you know, staying in the loop with like our product updates that we were sending out. So these these updates aren't just important for customers, but also people that had showed interest in the past and they were just, you know, just leads and kind of almost like a drip campaign or a nurture strategy for those people.
1: Yes, I think that is a very important use case that people don't always think about. Uh, And I'll link that blog up in the show notes as well, like I said, so you guys can go... uh, read read that for more about how we do this um thanks kyle you're welcome landon (laughs) just Uh, throwing a
0: couple of these back in there
1: (laughs) yeah i think we we pretty much covered that so i guess the last piece or the last kind of two pieces that i see are a periodic roundup which we've kind of alluded to here so we've been kind of doing that quarterly we'll do like a blog post and then the email and that would go to everyone basically in our audience um and then I think we're going to switch that to, we've kind of been shifting that to more frequent to see how that does for us. And then there's also like a changelog piece, which we haven't, we've kind of done a few different ways, but I think we're ultimately with this new feature, actually, we're going to try to incorporate user feed into that flow as well. So I guess we'll probably talk more about that as that comes into play. Yeah.
0: And ch- a changelog is great especially for power users that probably jump in there and use it. But even then, like, uh, companies that, well, I mean, Intercom, for an example, um, we say so many good things about them. I think it's okay to, like, drop something here that isn't, like, or at least in my opinion, for my use case, I don't love. So they, they very much focus their new f- features um, or their communication of new features is typically either the change changelog um, or uh, blogs or like a tweet or something, but I'm not always like watching their tweets and I'm not definitely not always reading their blogs all the time. I'm not just sitting on their, on their blog and reading them. Um, And unless I just, you know, happen to go down and click on their little change log uh, link within the app, like I'm just not going to see the new stuff that they, that they have. Of course we do, we do have some other ways that we like pull in like an RSS feed and stuff like that and we care more than the average person because we're built on intercom but the same goes for a lot of products that are that are like that it's just when it's just solely the change log like it just like you're sort of like making people go find stuff instead of informing them and being personalized to the people that do care about certain things it, that's it, that's what we try to get at
1: yeah i mean a change log can be a less noisy version of a roundup essentially cuz it's kind of a generic hey here's a thing and you don't know a ton about the people that are reading it, which is why having some more targeted messages to the people that you have reason to believe are really going to care about this is pretty key. And that is something I don't see a lot of products doing, um, which I wish they would. Cause if, if I'm getting an email that says, Hey Kyle, the thing you asked for has arrived. Like the odds of me acting on that are way higher than some roundup email with 50 things I don't care about.
0: Well, the funny thing is like in every other business unit, like, there's all these products and like initiatives that companies are trying to do to like, let's, you know, on the marketing side, let's personalize the the website experience for like based on, you know, different things or on the sales side, let's, you know, personalize it based on whatever. It's like, why are not we, why don't we do that on the product update side? Like yeah. it should definitely be that personalized
1: that product updates. There you go. Trademark. Let's let's, let's yeah. uh Cool. Well, I think, that. yeah, I think that, pretty much covers it for the most part. So I would love to share more tactical things. So so we'll share the blogs in the show notes, any other resources. We usually try to link up in there. So check that out. And if we have any notion templates for like this flow, we probably need to harden that a little bit, but I'll maybe we'll, we'll reference that in future episodes. If we end up scraping something together, that's more public publicly shareable.
0: Yeah. I'd also love to hear if anybody just has thoughts on this because i know there's a lot of strong opinions on over messaging and things like that like i think we it's it's been weird like we had we had this idea that we didn't want to over message people and so that's why we're doing like more like quarterly updates and stuff then you know we've just had conversations with different people like we had a conversation with someone on the marketing side at full story who we respect a lot and they're you know they're doing tons tons of messaging like they're doing messaging like every every week every month and they were explaining how important that actually was um which was and they're you know obviously they're kind of uh their audience is, is on the product side maybe support and uh developers so you would think like they wouldn't want to over message but apparently <laughs> apparently sending it monthly is like not even close to over messaging like it, it actually uh produces quite a bit of roi yeah i mean obviously um, it depends so.
1: on who your who your audience is um like f- at our old company we were focused on developers i'm sure there's a different cadence there than in our in user feed it's product managers the, the cadence is like don't ever talk to me please never talk to <laughs> uh and ad reform it's ad ops people and account management so i'm sure it varies a little bit but yeah i think We're trying to find that balance, but I think the the downside of a lot of cool tools that automate messaging is it's kind of a sharp knife. Like you hand it to someone, they start poking Mm -hmm. around, they create all this cool stuff, and suddenly they have this jungle of of messaging that they've thrown out to their customers to machete through. So
0: we had, who was that? We won't name any names, obviously, but we do have a customer, and sometimes we sign up for our customers. Like we'll sign up on their site because we're trying to help them implement, like, you know our our intercom app or something like that so we're just trying to like troubleshoot or like you know show them how it works or you know something like that and then we start to get there, you know in their like onboarding flow or whatever and uh oh, there's this one customer and i mean i think in like a week i'd gotten like seven to ten emails like which is just absolutely insane yeah especially when it's the first week that you were <laughs> going through it and you're like, oh, this is what this is going to be like. Yeah, it's like right.
1: you, out of fear of being forgotten, you made me want to like never hear from you ever again. So, yeah. but yeah, I think, I think that's a valid concern. Um, but I think it's just a matter of being intentional about that. So uh, hopefully this flow helps like identify ways that you can be more deliberate about messaging these things instead of we spend all this time building and then it comes time to tell everyone who pays or might pay we kind of do this very basic thing. So we try to be a little more curated and intentional about that. So hopefully this was interesting. And yeah, please let us know on Twitter uh, what you guys think. If you have other ways you kind of do this stuff, what workflows you want to hear more about. If you think we're wrong, whatever the case is, we'd love to hear.
0: And if we'll post this in the show notes. But if you want to see a bunch, like a lot of what we talked about, we have a whole section of our blog. Uh, i think the category is intercom templates and just a number of these different automations and use cases and diff- different things that are kind of less talked about use cases for intercom um, to perform some of these different uh, actions so um, we'll we'll post that in the notes and uh, yeah just give us your feedback cool awesome well episode four in the books all right the wrap